Yes. Thank you for joining us on the Young and Bipolar Podcast. I am your host. <laughs> My name is Sean Ziera. That's S-H-O-N-Z-I, big E, big R, big A. And this is the Young and Bipolar Podcast, where we try to get rid of the mental health taboo with you. And today, we have a very, very special guest. Somebody who means a lot to me. And if it wasn't for her, we would not have this podcast. We would not have Nashawn going to therapy. We would not have this, this thing that I'm trying to build. How are you doing, Joe? How is your mental health? I'm good. I'm pretty good today. You know, I woke up, had breakfast, drinking my tea. You know, it's pretty good right now. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. See, I I made a podcast a long time ago called The Conversation. It was very uh very dramatic. <laughs> I was pausing oh, a lot. I was there for that. <laughs> I was pausing a lot, looking at the camera all dramatic like I was the rock. And you know, it was cute, but I wanted to come to the source and really talk about how my life changed dramatically and it was because of you. And where I want to start with is how did you get the courage to have this conversation with me? So um, I'm going to try to give you the, the short spin of it. But basically, we've been friends. And I'm like, okay, you know, this cat is cool. I enjoy being his friend. But he would sometimes always just dip out on me and leave me hanging. And I'm like talking to my other friends and mainly my mentor and I'm like I really enjoy this person I enjoy their company and I just don't get it like am I doing something so I tried to step back from a lot of our you know situations and just be like okay maybe I was in the wrong somewhere and then talked it over with an outside source and I'm like okay so I wasn't in the wrong and then I think I actually started going to therapy first and then I was like you know just, it doesn't have to be anything wrong with you. And you were one of the things that I talked about there because I just didn't know what to do. I'm like, this is my friend. I feel like I'm losing him. I don't want to lose him. But as soon as I think that you're gone, you would just pop back up and you would have some new project or something cool you wanted to show me. And, you know, me so forgiving. I'm like, open arms, come back. Like, let me see. I'm proud, but... After a while, I was like, I can't keep going through this cycle because it was hurting me as a person. And I'm like, I can't just keep having someone just leave, come back, leave, and come back. Like, we're going to get to the source. And I take a lot of notes on things. And so I actually wrote out what I wanted to say. I don't know if you remember me coming to your room with this little notebook. And I'm like, don't call it little. It was it was a like a, like a plethora of <laughs> <Okay>. notes. <laughs> the normal class sheet of paper. And I was like. Ooh, I'm nervous because I don't like confrontation. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to react because I've seen him react to some other people and I don't know if he's going to do the same to me. So I tried to ground myself and, you know, stick to the strip. And I was just like, all right. And another thing, this is what you did and this is how you reacted. And I was just, we was just going through it. You would have thought we were like dating and I was really pulling the relationship. But I was like, no, this you're too special of a person to not have, you know, a close knit like group or family as successful as you are. I'm like, 
no, this, this, this something, if it's, if it's not me and not saying it was you, I was thinking it's me. And then I was like, okay, well, I do this. So maybe he should go. And you actually responded quite well. You did laugh. And then you were just like, okay, this is someone, you know, I'm, I'm truly friends with. And she came to me and she's like, I think you need help. I'm pretty sure I told you, I was like, I think you need to talk to somebody that's not me. And okay. and you told me that you you went and I was like you did so you were listening so I, I felt that that was like a, a helping step because you actually took some advice that I gave you because you tell me advice all the time and it might not seem like I'm listening but I'm listening after a while I listen and I do it and I tell you and then you went and you know sessions later now we have you know Y and B Y and B and now after being after hearing like my diagnosis and going back to that conversation that we had and some of the characteristics and some of the character flaws that I did have, did it seem to correlate with the diagnosis I was given? For those who don't know, uh, the reason why it's called Younger Bipolar, obviously, is because I'm bipolar. I'm bipolar one mania. There's two, well, there's three, four types of bipolar. I only know about one and two really to talk to you about. One is really more depressive and one is really more manic. But going back to you, being on this other side and seeing it from the outside, Thinking about that conversation before, do you see any similarities with the bipolar diagnosis? Yes, definitely the manic part because like we did, excuse me, we did a lot of things together. So like there was that period where, you know, we were first starting to be friends and we, we started off like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. So you were really hands on. You're like, I'm going to help you. And, you know, sometimes I, I was just like pushing back, but then I was like, okay, Obviously, he knows what he's talking about. He's ripped, so we're going to listen. And then one day, I was like, yo, are we going to the gym? And you just totally just was like, you opened the door like this. You were like, no. <laughs> and so I had to go by myself. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I was like, you know, maybe he, he's not feeling good or anything. But as time went on, you would do great work, like, it got to the point that at work, because we work together, people will be like, they'll see you and they'll see me. And I'm like, distance off from you. And you're just in your own world. And they're just like, is he okay today? And I'm like, why are you asking me? Go ask him. I didn't sleep with him last night. But <laughs> you, you, you can just kind of tell because you know how we were. We weren't too rowdy in the morning, but we was definitely getting our laughs off and getting breakfast together and stuff. So soon as things got out of the ordinary, it just happened every so often. But you will always come back with some kind of product. And I'm just like, so this is what you were doing? And more towards the end, you were like, hey, um, I'm going to be missing for like two months. So I'm not going to be able to like, you know, step out with you, go to the bar and stuff. And I'm just like, are you like, oh, I won't be able to go on vacation with you. And I'm like, all right. I'll deal for those two months. So first you just didn't say anything at all. And then after a while you would just tell me and you would just let me know that you were working on something. And I could see that that was definitely the manic because you would get so tunnel vision that you would just block everything else off. And once you like complete whatever you got done, you would reemerge yeah. and it's like nothing happened. You will be gone for months, but you really, you literally thought it was like a day or two. And I'm like, no, I haven't seen you in like three months, kid. <laughs> and I'm upset, but I'm just like, so. 
and how was the education during this process? Definitely because when it comes to like people with bipolar, and this is really, I think it's a really important conversation um, for those who are actually dealing with somebody with a mental illness to talk about. And so, yeah. Um, so I would say if you think you are dealing with someone, you know, be mindful of your words because you don't want to just be like, oh, you're crazy. No, they're not crazy. That's something different. That's totally different. That has nothing to do with whatever they have going on. Be, like, take your time to learn. Like, I remember, like, you telling me, and I was just like, you sure? And he was like, yes. And I immediately started, like, looking up stuff, and then you were just like, well, here are the symptoms do you think I have any of these? And then I just thought about like different instances that we had. And I'm like, oh, this kind of sounds like this. And then I'm like telling you because you were open to the conversation. So if someone's not open to the conversation, do not press them because that can just turn them completely off and away from you. And you don't want that. If that's your loved one or your friend, you don't want that. You need to learn. You need to learn how they accept things. If they like writing or anything like that, you gotta cater to them if you want them to open up and be okay with you knowing about this part of their life. And how has this helped you on your own journey? So um, I actually talk about it a lot more. I do enjoy going to therapy and I'm in the market for a new one since I moved. So I'm just out here like, man, I really miss my old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I wasn't appreciating her like how I should have when I was there, but now I got to find somebody new. And it's like a relationship. You got to open up to someone new all over again. But definitely, if I feel like anything's going on with me and it has to do with my mental health, the people that are closest to me, um, I'm very nonverbal. So there's some days that you just knew from the look on my face. You were like, okay, I'm going to give her an hour. I'm going to give her about two hours. Two hours. So it was just learning. <laughs> that learning. Oh, I'm going to give her two hours in a snicker bar. And <laughs> I she was about to say it. <laughs> yeah, she's about to come around. Or you know, the chicken truck, something. But you, you know, you learned and gave me my space while I was also still learning you and giving your space. And then, you know, we were able to come back together. And it's like, what was going on, man? Like, I know it was something, but you know, you talking, you ready. But I'm just glad that you're able to talk to me. And that was like the biggest thing, just finding comfort in other people to let them know what you're battling on your own. And you never want to like talk to someone and they're like, oh, that's not that's not that big. And you're just like, this is why I don't even talk to you. This is why I don't come over here. This is why I don't let you know nothing. It's just literally like responses. Like I don't need you to respond all the time or react. I just need you to listen. And that was something I had so to learn. That was something I've definitely had to learn because I always try to uh, resolve things. And and I think one day you actually came out and was like, man, shut up. I was like, what? I thought you wanted the answer. He's like, no, I wanted you to listen. I was like, oh, is that what I'm supposed to do? No. I can listen all day. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to actively listen. Like we're not doing back and forth. Like I'm not asking a question, pausing and then leaving. When I came in there with that paper, that's what that was. I was like, no, listen, do not interrupt me. I'm not trying to be rude but I need to get all of this out. And then you let it simmer. And I really thought you were going to kick me out. And I was just like, <sighs> my palms were sweating and everything. I was like, oh gosh, what are you going to say? And then you just was like, you know what? I understand what you're saying. And I was just like, relief. Like, 
you know how I, I was just like, ooh, <laughs> but it was definitely a tough conversation. Like one of the toughest conversations I ever had to have, like, because you're so close of a friend to me, I was just like, I really hope that I'm doing the right thing and I'm saying things that make sense because if we stop being friends, like, I don't know, like, I would be upset, like, be like, man, I'm going through heartbreak right now. Like, we literally, you know, experienced a lot together. So we grew together as friends because at first, I know we probably both thought we were never going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think that was such a valuable lesson to me. Um, that day was like a day that changed my life, of course, a year later, YMB, right? I was seeing my therapist for a year. I actually finally got cleared with my therapist. Hey. And so I'm still in the market for a new one. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But with this transitioning up the military, you know, it was about, it was about that time, but that day changed my life forever. And I, and I can't stop thinking about it because I don't know where I would be a year removed because I think at that point, the symptoms was getting worse when I thought they were getting better because of the accomplishments that I was getting. And this is, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Um, not just live, but just really trying to articulate, yo, you really in that instance could have saved my life. I have family members who reached their 40s and dropped. Not dead, but like their livelihood has dropped because they didn't take care of their mental health. And me being 27 at the time, me being 27 at the time, and you saying this is something that's happening, and me going to get that help, I can't even, I can't say thank you enough for having that tough conversations. And for those who don't want to have those tough conversations, you never know if you're going to change somebody's life because in that moment, I, I, I had to accept what was happening. I could have ran away, but I decided to accept it. And you never know if that person who is dealing with that mental illness or potential mental illness and you're asking them to seek help, they, they might actually agree with you and actually go. You could change their life. So thank you. That was super dope. That was super mature, and I don't think this would be here today without you. Seriously, I don't think this would be. Now, Joe Budden. A lot. The other, <laughs> the other Joe. So Joe Budden also helped me with my term, a journey. I, I'm going to say a name. So Joe Budden and Charlemagne the God helped me with my journey. Shook Ones by Charlemagne the God. People hate Charlemagne the God, but Shook Ones was a really good book. See, you know, the home team. Yeah, like he wrote a really good book about dealing with anxiety and the way he put it. And then with your conversation was just like, yo, okay, obviously there's something wrong because the way he put it is how I feel. The way you articulated to me is this is what's going on. Oh, I should go seek help. Now you listen to Joe Budden too. Do you think that he is a, a positive voice within the mental health community to go seek help or do you think he's too brash or too bashful or something like that? Um, interesting. I would say that he, he kind of more so does help, but to people, the biggest thing is like just accepting that, you know, it's okay to go to therapy. Like I said, they have, nothing has to be wrong. Like I walked in there and she was like, what's up? And I was just like, 
I don't know. I don't know how I ended up, you know, in your office, but I just felt like I just need to come check it out. And, you know, we was rocking since then. Like, I was looking forward to going. She would go on vacation. I'm like, yo, when are you coming back? <laughs> like, I, I, we need to chat. And we weren't even chatting about, you know, anything too crazy. It's what you put into it. But he definitely, you know, advocates. He might be pretty loud about it as other people don't like but he has a platform and i feel like the way that he's kind of gone about it's crazy it, is making what you put into it but, so besides if you could like if you don't like hearing whatever else he talks about uh when you go on spotify i think he outlines by the minutes or the conversation sections what he's talking about so if you just want to skip to something you can do that you don't even have to listen to like the whole two three hour session that's so, true that's true and but it's definitely an open conversation um, on his platform with his friends. Do you have a certain role model that you look up to who is currently seeking mental health that you aspire to be or be like? Uh, a role model that is seeking mental I mean, it should be no shocker. It's you because you say that you, that I helped you, but I'm just like, every time you come to me, like, I was so honored that you were like, I want you to help me work on this. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And then, you know, you seem like a contract in everything. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, let me read this. And, you know, <laughs> I, Definitely, you know, I'm, I'm more of the background worker. Like, you could be the face. I don't mind that. But um, you definitely bring me to the light. Like, I was, I am actively on the Younger Bipolar page. I'm always pushing either interviews or just pieces of your story that you're um, also doing. So you guys check that out. Like, just everything that you touch is literally turning to gold. And you're always like, this is you always, you never say it's about you. You say it's about us. Like, you're like, we're doing this. And I'm like, but this is really just all you. Like, I'm just here to just support. And you're like, no, this is us. Like, you might not have the diagnosis, but who would have known if it wasn't for you? I remember, you know, I'm still waiting on my shirt in the mail. Might have to throw a hoodie in, you know, by the time I get mine, it's going to be a little chill, chill. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's just the fact that as a young black man, someone told you something that you may have not liked or wanted to hear about yourself and you grabbed it and you shook it and you was just like, I'm going to get all the Mario coins out of this. Like, you made it okay to be like, hey, I'm young and I'm battling mental health. And it's okay. You could still be successful. You could do anything that you want to do. You said, do not let it define you. And that was like really powerful because, you know, I, uh, I have very bad anxiety, you know, sometimes, and I don't really talk about it. Like if anything, I talk about it with you. And I wasn't knowing that I was having these symptoms. And every time I went, she was like, are you still feeling like this? And it can be about little things to just set it off. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. That's me. Who would have thought? But definitely, like, I'm telling you, everything that you do literally turns to gold. And I'm just like, that's my friend, y'all. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I'm trying. Um, I'm trying to 
Well, not that I'm trying to get more people to go to therapy, but I'm trying to get more people educated. I wanted them to know about it. Like, this is not just to one racial group or just one set of people. Like, you have kids that have mental health issues. Like, that made me look at parenting a whole new level. Like, I was just like, wow. You never know what your kid is going through. And you're so, like, maybe stuck on being a parent Excuse me, I'm not necessarily saying you have to be a friend, but it should be open. It should be an open conversation. If they're having a bad day, ask them, what's going on? It's not, oh, they're just two years old. It's something literally that's probably bothering them. And they could carry that up into adulthood, and now they have childhood trauma. And that's a whole different beast. So I don't have any kids yet, but I just know when the time comes, like, parenting is going to be like, it's definitely going to be something that I would invest even more into because I want them to be equally or even more successful as I am. So, Just touching on that childhood thing, because I actually talked to Emmanuel Williams about this, and that was like on one of my older podcasts. If you guys go check it out, it's How's Your Mental Health with Emmanuel Williams. And he says that sometimes, and he, he has a different view, young black man, he says that sometimes a parent can't be a friend they, they shouldn't actually correlate they should be totally separate i remember when i was growing up when my father said he used to say this is not a democracy this is a dictatorship which didn't leave open communication now you're saying on the opposite end it should be a little more open i'm not asking people how to i'm not telling people i should say how to raise their kids but which way is better for your mental health and your belief i know you just said open but is it that you still have to be the the wrong? You, you can have both, but you shouldn't have to be just stickler in one way. Like, you know, there's some life lessons that you just kind of got to deal with. And then there's some that you can go about different ways. And I'm all for it because, I mean, my mom, you know, growing up, she, she's strict. So I'm just like, I didn't turn out, you know, too bad. I'm all right for myself, right? But, you know, in some instances, I'm just like, you know, I wish you would have went about this a little bit different mm-hmm. or like say this instead of that, because that kind of just trickled into other things I was like maybe dealing with and having problems with. So now I just got a whole cycle of just constant inner turmoil. And I'm just like, where does this end? And, you know, growing up, it's not like, oh, you can say, hey, I'm sick. I want to go to the doctor. How are you sick? Um, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> like that's 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 not something. But it's it, it's just not something to take lightly. Like you just never know. Because I mean, as you said, you can't be their friend. You don't know. You don't really know what's going on at school. Because if anything happened at school, my mom's like, "Don't worry about it. You're not there to make friends. You're there to learn." And I'm just like, "Okay, so where am I going to get learn my social cues? Because you could have kept me at home." But that probably wouldn't have been better either. So it's just all about balance. You got to know when to be like that. And you got to know sometimes when to soften up a little bit. That is true. You know what? I never even really thought about it that way. Because that that's super interesting. I wonder now that with all this information coming out and how children can really be affected by childhood trauma, if the last generation that raised us would raise their kids differently or would they do the same? Um, because we're kind of we're, we're kind of all rebellious because of the way that we were raised and which bringing me uh, to my next point, which is 
how do you deal with the anxiety that you feel if you're always consistently around trauma through social media? Oh, you got to learn to unplug. You don't need it. Like, you, that's just like abusing yourself. Like, I know you probably don't want to get off social media, but my thing is for me, I love my social media sometimes and then I hate it. So learn to use the features. You got mute, you got block. If it's something that's upsetting you, mute it, block it, get it out of here. You don't have to see it. But when you pick up your phone or your device, you're opening yourself to those things. So you're making yourself vulnerable. You can protect yourself, but you just need to know how to do those things. That's true. But what do you tell those people who say, you know what, for me to make my business, everything is going to e-commerce. We're living in the times of COVID-19, right? So I need to make a business. The only way to make a business is going to be online, which makes me be on those social media platforms, which makes me see these tragedies because whatever's trending is usually a tragedy because media has changed from telling stories and not showing us the tragedy to somebody with the phone becoming a reporter, becoming the analyst and showing us the tragedy. Filter. I'm telling you, I have so many keywords and whatnot, like just block and filter it because after a while, um, I do remember when uh, the protest started for, uh, I don't even remember when, who, it's just been so much, it just overwhelmed. And I had a friend, she said, hey, she called me middle of the night. Hey, I don't know what you're doing, but I need you to get off your phone for 45 minutes. I don't want you to look at anything, like nothing. Like just go do something peaceful, meditate something. I just need, I just know that this is very traumatic for you to see because you're a young black woman. This could be anyone in your family or anything like that. And it's just the fact that she took the time because she's not black. She was like, hey, I can't even describe what you're going through, but I want you to be safe and I want you to, you know, just get off your phone. 45 minutes. That's all I asked. And she called back in 45 minutes to make sure that I was not on my phone. And I was just <laughs> like, you know, I really needed that breather. Like I wanted to be educated and know what's going on. But at yeah. the same time, I was like, this is really happening. Like what the heck? Just, but you, you have to know when to take a break. I mean, the back of your neck should start hurting if you're like looking down constantly because I know that happens. You gotta do some stretching. You gotta get up. Right? That's when you, that's when you lay down and you put the phone above your head like this. The arm. You know when you stop when it falls. Oh, yeah, that's when right. you stop. <laughs> it's just just knowing you have to know when to stop because you know when to stop eating. You don't keep eating until you throw up, right? I mean, if you do, then you need to talk. That's true. I mean, so going back to that conversation that you had with your friend who called you, what do you, how do you have those conversations with your friends who may not experience the cultural trauma that one group may have felt for a long period of time, but they want to try to have a conversation with you and try to articulate how they're feeling about the trauma that you have? Because she called you, she did a very good step, but what about those people who are trying to reach out and they don't know how? So I would say before speaking on anything, go educate yourself. And if there's something you don't know and you feel like someone that is knowing, ask them. 
There's nothing harmful in asking questions. Now, do not approach them on some, I think that this or this was right, this was wrong. No, therefore, you're asking for an argument. That's true. You're not asking for education. That's true. So take time, read. And if you feel like something's not like a good source, go to a credible source. I'm big on research and finding things before I go talk to people. Like I'm telling you, everything I do before I buy, eat, I research to make sure. Then I go and be like, all right, this is this is what I want or this is what I want to talk about. To even make it, we're going to break this down a little bit more if you can. For those who don't even know where to go to start, do you have any type of websites, any type of articles, any type of blogs that you have on top of your head that would help educate them? Um, off the top of my head, just learning about, you know, culture things and most military things. I have a friend, his name is Delton Wells. He has a Damn, Facebook page. Full government name. <laughs> <laughs> But it's called Quick History Lesson. Okay. And it's on Facebook. So he posts from he 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 just does all over the timeline. He white people, black people, like everything, anything you could think of, and especially if it's like military wise, he's like, no, this law, this happened in the south, this happened in the north. He posts all about it. So I try to do my best to like repost, repost, repost. You know, and sometimes some of the images and the stories are graphic. But these are things that you don't necessarily like, you know, learn every day. So that's that's one person I know off the top of my head. All right. What's his name? Dalton Wells. Delton. Delton Wells. Yeah. Delton Wells. Thank you for giving us quick history lessons. That's actually a really dope idea. I might have to reach out to him and actually talk to him about it. Um, definitely when it regards to mental health. And so when it comes to treating yourself, you say that you're, you know, you have anxiety. What do you do? What practices do you have to make you less, less anxious? So if I'm out in public and I have to stay wherever I'm at, so like work or something, um, if I can step away, find a little quiet spot. If I can't, there's a breathing practice that my therapist taught me, you know, to try to calm myself down. So I do that. If I'm at home, I'm just like, you know what? We got to relax. You might have to get a candle, get a glass of wine, grab your journal. You can do writing. You can do typing. Um, I have many playlists. So I just have, you know, just songs that just make me feel good. They just remind me of happy times. And, you know, sometimes you got to throw that on, like, repeat. Shoot, I can shuffle it back and forth, and I'm still, you know, I'm going to feel good about it. Um, One of the biggest things for me, definitely self-care days. Uh, Yesterday, had a self-care day. So, went, you know, got my feet done. That's something that, that's like a little quality time for me. I'm like, okay, let someone else do it. I don't always have to do it myself. Someone else can do it. Um. The weather was kind of icky, so we went to the mall, walked around a little bit, and you know I love to eat, and so I was like, you know, I've been working hard in the gym. We can, we can, what you, get? you know, do a little. Oh man, I had this great burger um, <laughs> from Yard House, uh, and I had some fried calamari. You know, I had the water with the lemon, of course. Okay. Um, yeah, so I did that and walked around, and I came home, and I just, I just laid out and just 
meditated, self-meditated a little bit. And I was just like, I, I, I need this today. You know, I needed this day. It was a tough work week. I needed this. You know, now I feel good and I'm excited to be on the interview. But I'm just like, I was a little bit anxious. I was like, okay, oh, send me man. notes before. I was like, send me notes before because... <laughs> And I know you saw earlier. I was a little, little jittery. I was just like, "What do I say?" Like, you're doing, right. you're doing a great job because it's, it's just talking about how you feel and how you would do things, and you know, just really talking about your life. And you don't have to like lie about anything. That's what makes people most anxious. Not saying that you can't get anxious by not just being well, on an interview. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> um, no, it's just talking about something that you know you're passionate about. True. And you know, saying that I don't do that, but. I'm selective about mm-hmm. what I talk about, who I talk about, and you're actually one of the people that you know. I call you up in the middle of the night because of the time difference, and you just be like, "Yo, I was sleep, but what's up?" Like, yo, yep. <laughs> yeah, you up with, up with it, and I'm just like, "Yeah, man, thank you for answering this call because I know it's plenty times that I called you, and you know, looking back at us first meeting and always getting into it, you just be like, "Dang, we came along." Nah, I, I figured out the process though. It was in the morning. You didn't really like nothing in the morning. If you ate, <laughs> you was all right. So it started off but with the, the oatmeal. Thing, <laughs> yes, the thing was we got into it about the oatmeal because I'm told you I was like I'm not hungry. He's like if you're gonna go to the gym, you need to eat. And I'm like, yo, I'm not hungry. If I eat this, I'm gonna feel sick. You don't want me in here feeling sick. And then after a while, I'd be like, yo, we not about to eat. Like, you fixed me the oatmeal, and you stood there and was like, eat it. And I was just like, I'm not going to eat this. And we just in there on 10, at like 7 in the morning, on 10. And I just was like, you must have thought you were somebody, daddy, because I'm not going to eat this. When you snatched the bowl, you was like, you're not going to waste the oatmeal. And you started eating it. And I was like, I know better. And then after a while, I was like, yo, you're not, you, you ain't bring no cereal? What are you going to eat? Oh, oh, <laughs> hungry now. Because <laughs> I got used to eating that early. That was the problem. I didn't want to be up in there sick all day. No. That's not true. me. I'm in the military. You're in the military. Do yes. you think, and if you can't speak on this, you don't have to, do we as a service and as service members do a good job protecting our mental health? Yes and no. I'm going to say no because it's drilled into you mission first. Okay. Like that's our big thing, service before self. Excuse me, service before self. So you're always thinking of others. You're always thinking of the team. But sometimes you really need to step back because your team might not notice that you're putting on, you know, a face because you're trying to make sure they're good, especially if you're leading. So you might be checking on them, but you really need to step back, check on yourself because you're not going to always have that person that checks on yourself. And I'm I'm grateful that even though I'm the person that checked on you, I also had someone coming in checking on me, taking me to the side like, Joe, you're working too hard. Take a minute, like, hey, I got you covered. Don't worry about what's going on. Take a minute over here, you know, regroup. Then I'm like, all right, I'm back, I'm back. But um, yes, they're doing more trying to, uh, as you, if anyone doesn't know, uh, the military suicide rates are sky higher. I think they're three times higher than they've been in the past couple of years. Um, We're doing a lot more trainings. 
there's always a training for everything. And the more that it happens, the more and more it gets hammered into us. So I think that taking the time to take us away from work to make us learn about these things, try to see different signs. Um, we have therapists. You can go to it. You don't have to tell anyone that you are going. It's just an appointment. As long as you show up, you're good. They don't need to know what's going on in there. And your therapist or provider is probably, they're not going to tell them anything because that's just confidential. But they're trying to push more. I would like to see people that are more leading more. Like you don't have to say, hey, I go to therapy. You can go too. But, you know, open up more avenues. So with the younger, my bad, go ahead. It also comes down to just knowing your people. Like, like you said, you knew not to bother me in the morning. You just knew. You didn't see me eating. You just like, okay, not yet. She's not chewing anything. Just, just let her be till she come around. So just, just knowing your people. And I'm pretty sure my office figured it out too. They were just like, Yep, we have morning we have morning roundup. Um, yep, just give her some time. So you know, just knowing your people, that's 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 like one of the big things I would say for me. This is going to sound weird when I start saying this, but I'm a capitalist, and uh, I'm kind of fiscally conservative. I think that America does a really good job when it comes to creating opportunities. The more and more I learn about it, the more and more it starts to make sense. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because what I'm about to say is actually going to affect those who give us jobs pockets. But with the Younger Bipolar at the end, what would be the end of Younger Bipolar for me is that we get to policymakers and we have PTO, pay time off, leave, and or leave for like PTO and leave are the same thing, and mental health days embedded where you can be like hey i need mental health and those mental health days you get three days off do you think it should be longer three days or shorter or is it just right Hmm. i would say it depends on like the workplace like how long are they working is it a standard nine to five is it just monday through friday monday through thursday they work weekends or whatnot but right now i feel like three days is enough i mean three days might be more than enough you could sneak a little weekend trip in somewhere um that's that's but i would like i would love to see that because i don't know if anyone else has seen those memes but it's like your leave got denied but you on that flight <laughs> i'm not saying i do that but um Hey, take care of yourself. <laughs> be safe. <laughs> but I definitely get it. But yeah, seeing that be like, because you have a lot of sick days. And technically, I'm not going to say you're sick, but like, if you aren't taking care of yourself and you bring that to work, who knows what's going to happen that day? Who knows? That's true. We, we never know the side effects of what happens when we bring negativity anywhere. Um, that side effect could end up being the worst day and your last day, or it could be your best day that's turning to your worst day just because of an attitude. Um, With this mission that we're on, with the Younger Bipolar, Ms. Joe, what would you like to see change 
if you could change one thing, I've been asking a lot of people I've been talking to recently. If you can change one thing, you had money, you had power, and it's associated with mental health. What would you change? Change. Ooh, this is tricky. I should have had this question beforehand. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I like to drop it on people. <laughs> um, resources. Like, I don't know how much, uh, if anyone has to take medicine, if it costs, um, definitely try to um, stick away from, like, because I know, like, just any healthcare medicine that costs a lot. So, like, make it that the government pays uh, the therapist and not out of pocket. Like, I feel like people overall would just benefit from it. Um, just being able to take care of that need and it should not cost, uh, it shouldn't hurt that person. Some kind of copay or something. So like a um, single payer health care system where we pay our taxes to the government, the government in turns pays for our medical treatment because we're paying them, so it's kind of like a circle. But when uh, we go, yeah. it's seek help, receive help. Instead of seek help, who is your insurer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you don't even seek help. They'd be like, you got insurance? <laughs> and then you're like, wait, but I need help. <laughs> but do you have That's insurance? True. Like, That's don't true. ask them my question. So, um, that's the only thing off the top of my head, because like I'm seeing like other medical conditions that can be helped, can be treated and they just don't have the money for it. Or even the avenues are um, resources. Like they have to drive three hours to go get this treatment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, since they're that sick or whatever, they can't go as much as they need to. So you're getting the treatment, but you're not getting it enough. Are you really treating yourself? Kind of half battling something right there. So I would like to see a increase in that. Um, I do remember like in school having a guidance counselor, but me and the guidance counselor, we just talked about colleges. We didn't talk about, you know, if anything was going on and I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone. We, we didn't do that at school. We just talked about college. <laughs> college tests, that's it. So if you can get that down, like in that level as well, mm -hmm. then I I think that would be something I would want. That's, yeah. I would like something like that, too. Um, I don't know how, I, me being like physically conservative and how that would work, but that does sound like a better system than we currently have in place. When yeah. it comes to being a service member again, is it from seeing me leave, you're currently in therapy, is it as scary as people make it out to seem when they go seek help that they may potentially lose their job? I would say for certain jobs, yes, because that might be the only thing that they have, their job. And they might love their job and they never want to leave it. But if you're not fit for something, I, I'm I'm more of a I'm gonna take care of myself. I, I'm I'm in that age that age group that they're like I'm not gonna let that job stress me. I'm leaving, I'm out. That's yes. good stuff. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, oh, you said what? Oh no, that's not gonna work for me. 
I don't even got a job, you know, got this car. They can take the car, they can do whatever, but I'm not going to just sucker myself for this. Like, it's, it's just not worth it to me. It's not worth the headache. It's not worth the stress. So for some people, yes. Because I think that was like the most devastating thing. Like, I don't know if I ever told you, but I just felt like when you told me that you got diagnosed and you had to get out, I was just like, what did I do? I should have just kept my big fat mouth shut. And I was just, I think I was more upset for you than you were. Like you were handling it well. And I just was like, you show you good. And I was just like, look, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know how many times like I apologize to you. Like, I just was like, I didn't know that it was going to come to this. But I had to step back. This was like, it's not your fault. You actually did, you know, good. Because I always want to help people, no matter what it is. Like, I'm just like, that's my friend. If that was me, and it cost me, you know, honestly, my job, my well-being is worth more. My sanity is worth more. Because if I ever would have got a call or saw a post, and they're like, yo, such and such, God forbid, did this to themselves, harmed themselves. And I'm just like, what? I think I would have felt even worse knowing that I could have helped you, and I did. But it definitely took me a very long time to stop feeling guilty. I didn't even know you felt guilty, because I, I don't know. Whew. I didn't even know you well, felt guilty. <laughs> no. Like, that's when I, like, really, like, I always listened to you, yeah. but I really listening more like i don't know if you remember me asking all kinds of questions i was like you sure that's it are you sure i said what does that mean like i was researching how to get you to keep your job like i was looking up all kinds of like i was just like no oh my god i don't mess this up for him it's like you're really you're good at your job and i'm like it's not that oh you wanted to you know retire but you did not expect it to happen this early and i just was like you did it again look at I will say that was probably a, a huge lesson learned because people say everything happens for a reason and I say some stuff just happens because it can <laughs> and <laughs> in that moment it was like you know what I could have made the choice um, I was actually in that office and when they told me I, I was in the moment where I could have lied and it would have stopped everything and I proceeded, right? It was like an almost an opportunity. I'm not saying that you should. I'm not saying, I'm not, just bear with me on this next step because I don't want to seem like lying is good, but I could have lied and it would have changed everything. It felt like it was up to me to either say yes or no, where I can like, no, that doesn't sound like me at all and my life would have changed, but I wanted to make that change. And so you shouldn't feel bad because I ultimately had to come down and make that ultimate decision when I said yes because it's so weird, but I don't know if I'm even supposed to be saying this, but when they're coming down with the diagnosis, they ask you a, a certain question and it's literally a yes or no. And depending on that question is how they proceed. And you get kind of briefed before they ask the question. And so don't feel bad because I had to ultimately say yes. <laughs> so I don't know if I was actually supposed to say that, I'm gonna be writing about it here soon, writing about the whole process because it's it's kind of interesting. But don't don't feel bad. I don't want you, want you ever to feel bad about that because you did you did such a great thing. Like I said, none of this. I finished the studio, right? I've been telling you for a long time I was gonna finish the studio, and then now we have a mission. 
right? We have a mission to try to get rid of that mental health taboo, get a back catalog of information, take it to these policymakers if I'm not going to try to be one myself, and be like, these are the policies that we want to have in place. Here is the plan. I want three mental health days for this. I want to have a single-payer health care system so people who have mental health can actually go get that medicine that's going to be $400, $500 without copay and get that paid for. We want this boom, 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 boom. And so that you giving that first step was the initiation of this entire process. So don't, don't ever feel bad about that. But we are getting close to the end. And so I asked this with everybody. Um, Courtney, on my last podcast, you haven't heard about it. She's the one of the community managers for a new social media app called Clash. Go check it out on iOS. That's the thing that she's working on. Emmanuel Williams, if you haven't heard, how is your mental for Emmanuel Williams? He is actually opening up a studio with Mazette for Three Media. So what is Miss Joe working on? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Um, what am I? Doing? Are we working on anything? I'm whispering that. Oh, we 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 are working on Young and Bipolar. We're working on newsletters. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're about to get these newsletters out. Um, personally, um, I got some personal goals. Okay, you, know, you can I, say that. I'm not COVID. Uh, beat beat me down. You know, I'm back in the gym. Hey. Eat right. Hey. Can't can't eat crab legs every day. I did find out you low key can try to meal prep crab legs. How I'm still working. How it's about sizing. What you, you what you dipping the crab legs in? See, that's the thing. You don't need to dip. <laughs> wait, wait, you, you said you have... no dip. So you don't have crab legs, Look, no dip. Crab legs, or you want to be fit? Can't. Come on now with it. Come on <laughs> now. Um, yeah, I'm honestly, I can say I'm working on myself, you know, um, looking forward to trying to get back in school, um, trying to figure out what, what I'm going to do with that. Like I've all, I'm always actively working on that, but I think I have more of a, a streamline to where I need to go, where I want to go. I just need to hit the requirements. Um, COVID's making that kind of hard. So I'm, um hopefully a promotion on the way whoop, whoop. no no no. Oops. there is a promotion on the way don't whoop whoop it's whoop, whoop. she got a promotion on the way guys she got a promotion she's about to be sergeant Wright. i'm gonna say it first right here live sergeant Wright. <laughs> uh, what um, i'm just trying to be you know a better friend uh a better person, honestly, better than the the day before. Always looking to help people. I think I am a very good uh, supporter. So if you have anything you want to push, like I just bought lip gloss. Like I have like probably twenty five lip glosses. Nice I know enough. some people. They making lip gloss. They making a uh, mask. And you know I'm out here. I'm like it's not much, but it's honest money. <laughs> okay. I'm just like I can't get two, but I can get one. You know, do my little review. So I'm always big up in somebody um, trying to support. Uh, you guys have anything that y'all want to share? You just want to talk to somebody? You can hit me up because I'm definitely, you know, I'm a good listener. I'll try to figure out some ways to help you if um, if I can. If you're asking for the help, I honestly will take the time out and you know try to help you. And if I don't end up helping you, I will find a way to at least 
get you a little bit better situated than what you were before. All right. Sounds like there's a management team. I mean, management company with Joe coming soon. <laughs> but go ahead, Joe. Stay on the phone. I'm going to talk to you after this. Go ahead and end the podcast. Everybody, thanks, Joe. I want to thank a couple of people for being in the chat. I want to thank Deshaun. I want to thank Pauline. I want to thank Antoine. I want to thank Springer. I want to thank uh, – actually, she left real quick. My bad. I ordered to stay over. She left. I want to thank Joe once again for being here. I don't know what happened to my scene, <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for being here. Once again, my name is Sean Ziera. That's S-H-O-N-Z-I, big E, big R, big A. Thank you for tuning in. This is The Younger Bipolar. Peace.